Hello, and on today's show, Legends of the Hidden Temple is coming back. Sorta. Gotta catch them all in sun and moon. No Man's Sky seems pretty cool. And the Barely Bear Bear can barely bear the Barely Bear's Bear. (laughs) This is episode 14 of the Geek 30 Happy Hour. Welcome back to another episode of the Geek 30 Happy Hour, where we drink a toast to all the geeky things we're passionate about. Today is March 5th, 2016. My name is Alex, and there's Jojo. Hello! How are you doing today, Alex? I am good. All the way over here on the other side of Skype. I, yeah, you look really good in HD. Oh, thanks. Thanks. I, 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 you sound beautiful today. I appreciate we're, that. We're, I we're finally do- got my own microphone. Yeah, we're doing this, um, this thing remote today because our guest is remote. And uh, before we introduce him, I would like to encourage you, our audience, to check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, TuneIn, Satchel for all you Android users. Give us five-star ratings. Leave us reviews. It helps people find the show. And um, I think it's a great opportunity to introduce Ori. Hello. Ori, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here, or rather, over here somewhere that isn't actually there. I know, and, and so where are you hailing from today? Because you are kind of the world traveler. <laughs> um, I, I move around somewhat, but uh, today I'm at my home in New York City, and uh, coming in on Skype. Nice, nice. Well, it's awesome to have you. Why don't you tell the world a little bit about you? Um, well, as I said, I'm Ori. That um, makes me already narrows it down significantly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, am the founder and CEO of Dragonfruit, the best, only, first, etc. dating app for geeks. Um, let's see. Uh, I spend most of my time either working on that or watching reruns from 90s sci-fi or playing classic Nintendo games. Or, I love it. Um, you know, you, you trying would, to keep up yeah, you <laughs> with would, everything that's going on. You would love JoJo's whole collection of old, uh, old school video games. What do you say, JoJo? I, I mean, I have to bring it up again, but I still have a Virtual Boy. I know. He, it's, it's not like he <laughs> no brings that up ever. Virtual Boy. <laughs> I have it, and it works. <laughs> and it I have all works. six games. <laughs> Is that great? That's, I love it. Yeah, that's pretty great. I, I actually I just uh, hooked up my NES uh, a couple of weeks ago here to my you know big screen, oh, that's very awesome. big screen, but relative way bigger screen than they ever intended it to display on. Um, <laughs> and amazingly, all of my games still work. You got to you know stick a wrench in there and make sure that it doesn't ever move even a tiny bit. But it works, right? right. Which is super exciting because uh, actually I blow into the cartridge to <laughs> get all that dust out. Yeah. <laughs> And oh, amazingly, man, my, my save. That's crazy. <laughs> my save game from The Legend of Zelda is still there. And, wow. Uh, I still can't beat the Eighth Temple. Oh, man. Oh, the great games. Great games back then. We don't have that anymore. No, we kind of do, but not, not like that. It's like a different time. But uh, we're going to get into a lot of uh, cool stuff that Ori's doing with Dragon Fruit uh, towards the later part of this show. Definitely stick around. But before we do that, let's get into what we're drinking. Oh, hello, Geek Study. It's beer time. Today's beer is brought to you by Virginia Weather, because you never know what you're going to get. That's true. It, it, it snowed a little bit yesterday. Well, then it was like spring two days before. It's going to be summer here in a couple of days. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that wild? 
I don't know. All over the What's place. it like up there for for you guys up in New York City, Ori? Uh, pretty much the same. We did have snow. Uh, was it yesterday? I think. And yeah. uh, later this week, it's going to be in the mid seventies. It's ah, madness. I'll take the seventies though. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, we're <laughs> makes a nice change before it's we plunge into to, the apocalypse. Yeah, but to have both your winter coat and your shorts in one week, it's just really weird to me. Yeah, and <laughs> you know, like speaking of, of summer, this. Beer is something I love to drink in the summer. It's something that most people know. Um, it's a favorite of Ori's, and he wanted to bring it to the show today. It's Dogfish Head's 90-Minute IPA. And this thing is delicious. If you guys have never had it, there's um, there's actually a bunch of Dogfish Head brew. Um, well, I guess an alehouse, you know, like where they actually serve food. It's like a restaurant. They serve all the beer and stuff there. Um, they have a few of them here in the D.C. area. Do they have any up there where you are, Ori? Um, dogfish had actual locations. Yeah, like an actual location, like a restaurant. I don't think so. Oh man, you got to come down to DC sometime. I'll take you over there. It's awesome. <laughs> Sounds good. And uh, so you can get these, uh, you know, th- these beers uh, at the restaurant. They're paired with various foods. Really good pub food. Um, but specifically, this beer, um, according to their website, it says Esquire Magazine calls our ninety-minute IPA perhaps the best IPA in America. An imperial IPA, best savored from a snifter. Is that how you say it? Snifter. Snifter. <laughs> 90 Minute has a great malt backbone that stands up to the extreme hopping rate. 90 Minute IPA was the first beer we continuously hopped, allowing for a pungent but not crushing hop flavor. And I think that's exactly well put because, you know, we, we talked about the IPA that we had um, in the last episode with Bill McKenna from Not Another Podcast. We featured Dark Vader from Quattro Goomba Brewery. And that was a black IPA. And, and what I really like about IPAs is when they're kind of nicely balanced like this one. Um, and, and Ori, I think, I think we were talking about that um, prior to the show. Like you would agree with that, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. The reason, see, I'm not an IPA drinker, but the reason that I like the 90 minute is because it almost isn't one. It, it's, it's a lot smoother and a lot less hoppy. It doesn't you know, hit you in the face like some other IPAs that oh, you, yeah. you, either, I, you either have to really love an IPA or you can't drink it. Um, as a non-IPA drinker, this is the one that I go for most often um, just because it is very smooth and uh, kind of uh, gentle on the hops. And yeah, it's just really tasty. Oh, totally. And, and let's give this one a quick sip. Mm, that's good. Mm-hmm. Ah, well, it it's um, – yeah, this is – it's so good. All right. And um, the it, another thing that they have on the website here, tasting notes and food pairings. So tasting notes, they talk about – uh, brandied fruitcake, uh, raisiny and citrusy. Um, I would agree with that. It's a little floral as well. Um, if I could, if if I could be so bold as to say, um, <laughs> an IPA that's, that's floral that that would never happen. <laughs> and uh, you know the food pairing recommendations. They say pork chops, beef, grilled fish, uh, fruits, uh, fo- focaccia, focaccia. How do you say <laughs> focaccia. that? Focaccia. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm a. I'm an ignorant American. I don't know how to say things. Um, split pea soup, uh, Stilton cheese, and escargot. 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 You had it right the first time. That. I know. He's <laughs> bilateral. No, I am. <laughs> no, great, great uh, beer. And thank you so much for, for recommending this one. It's, as we're getting into this warm weather, it's awesome to get back into a beer I love drinking during the spring and summer. This is definitely kind of a beer that uh, – it. <laughs> I love my styles and I love my porters, but I love a cold beer. And this just tastes better cold, you know, oh, like yeah. super cold. Mm-mm-mm. 
And uh, it, I'm going to put up a, a link for those of you guys who aren't familiar with Dogfish Head. I'll put a link to the beer up on our website in the show notes. You can see um, there's a, a number of states where you can get this. Um, it's kind of all over the place. So take a look. If you can get it in your state, go for it. Give it a try. Let us know what you think. Geek30podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we love to hear your feedback. But now I say it's time to get into the news. Geek 30 News. First and foremost, who remembers Legends of the Hidden Temple? I definitely remember Legends of the Hidden Temple. That was such an awesome show. It was so good. Or do you remember the show? Well, I mean, I've, I didn't grow up here, so I've, I've heard of it. I've seen clips and things, but okay. we had a lot of stuff that was very similar in the UK. Yeah. So I know the format. Yeah, and this is, if you guys don't remember uh, and you're not a kid of the 90s era or the, you know, the, the late 80s, um, th- this was one of the, the best game shows ever. As a kid watching, it was basically you're watching these kids try to be Indiana Jones. Um, and, and you yell at the screen furiously because like, yeah. you're so dumb, but you saw it from a, an outside, a third party perspective. They didn't see it inside the little yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> environment. Come, come it was on, hilarious. Jaguars freaking do it. <laughs> know, you're getting like really, really upset. Exactly. Um, but th- it's actually, it's coming back. It's coming back as a movie. Well, I need out my uh, orange iguanas t-shirt then. Hell yeah. Silver snakes. Silver snakes was always my, my second favorite, but red, red Jaguars was always my number one. Um, so I, there's this, this article that I saw, um, from Entertainment Weekly, it says the Green Monkeys, Silver Snakes, and Red Jaguars will take on the Hidden Temple of Olmec once again. EW has confirmed that Nickelodeon plans to reboot the popular 90s game show Legends of the Hidden Temple in 2016 as a TV movie. Legends of the Hidden Temple, which ran for three seasons from 1993 to 1995, was a popular Indiana Jones-themed uh, children's game show from an era when Nickelodeon was known chiefly for its game shows, including What Would You Do and Nick arcade uh in in hidden temple six teams of kids would compete in physical and mental challenges uh with eliminations after every round the last remaining team wins the opportunity to retrieve an artifact from a booby-trapped hidden temple with three minutes to win a larger prize uh this was so much fun to watch back in the in the day and i i pray to god that nickelodeon doesn't butcher a movie which i think that they will though (laughs) (laughs) well they're not disney so that's true it's true um, so, like, what was what was kind of big in the UK, or like, what what is when you hear this game show, like, what what does that remind you of? <laughs> um, well, we had we had a bunch of shows, but my my personal favorite was the Crystal Maze, which had Ooh. astonishingly low production values because basically everything in the UK prior to the Doctor Who reboot was done on a shoestring. Yeah. Um, it, it was. It was this show. It was for adults, but I mean, the the, the show itself was very much uh, geared towards children. And you had these four um, these four zones. There was, I think, the space zone, the Aztec zone, the the medieval zone, and um, I don't know. I think some kind of pirate zone or something and um and they would go through and they would do these these puzzles you would be locked in a room for a certain amount of time and you had to solve a puzzle it was like either a mental challenge or a physical challenge or a challenge of skill where you'd have to like hit targets with a bow and arrow or stuff like that and you would get these crystals and then the number of crystals you managed to um the, num- the number of crystals that you manage to collect uh, determine the amount of time you get in the final zone, which was the crystal ball, and you would go into the crystal oh, wow. ball. Um, 
And you could get locked in the room if you didn't get out in time. So it's this you know, variable number of people who are inside and they start up this huge fan with these little silver tickets and you need to grab as many tickets out of the air as possible. Uh, and if you got enough tickets, you won absolutely nothing because it was a British <laughs> game show and nobody ever won it. But it was, it was, so, it was so camp and it was so like That's great. It sounds gimmicky. like a ton of fun though. And, and, and there was this crazy guy who would lead you around the maze who was like bold and out of his mind. And it was like in this, in this big coat thing. It was, it was, it was just a lot of fun. Weren't so like that's, 90s, that's what I'm thinking. Like, like 90s game shows were really good, weren't they? Like really bad, but like they were like really good though. The ideas came from the super abstract. Well, let's um let's throw pie in people's faces, just like old clowns, and oh, it's actually gonna be hilarious, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's, right. What it's was crazy. the green stuff called? Gunk, goo, slime, goo. slime. Okay, slime. Yeah, yeah. What on earth were they thinking? <laughs> <laughs> what was that stuff made out of? I don't even want to know. Like it was non toxic. I think cornstarch. I think. <laughs> oh god, cornstarch and food coloring. And but, like, I mean, I was reading this article that you were talking about. Isn't it a little counterintuitive to have a TV movie about a game show? Agreed. Agreed with you. I, How does this why, work? That's why I think it's going to be – it's going to end up being butchered in, in some way. I, I'm excited just for the nostalgic factor because I'm a big fan of old school Nickelodeon stuff. But, yeah, it leaves it kind of wondering, like, what are they going to do? Are they going to create a lore behind this guy, Olmec, you know, the big face, the big Aztec face thing? Is it not going to be a competition anymore? Or is it just going to be just a movie and they put a character in there to run through a maze or something? Or? Yeah. Uh, okay. This is this is the movie about a ride that Pirates of the Caribbean was. Yeah, well, no, this one, this is specifically, this was a game show and it was, and it's now being adapted into its own movie. Like, I, I feel like they're actually just trying to put lore behind this old, like, 90s game show. You know, like what did each because so what they did, Ori, and, and at the very end of it, and and the show that you mentioned actually really reminded me. They uh, they run through this through the temple, like through the through the hidden temple, and as they would go through it, they would have to solve these puzzles and these like riddles, and sometimes it was stacking these these like skulls on top of each other, making sure that they would fit. Um, and sometimes they would have to like trudge through something and and like come out on the other end or or find some kind of key to get into the to another room sometimes it would be ambushed by some kind of a aztec guard and they would be like taken away and they would be disqualified like there was like a ton of a ton of different stuff that would uh that would happen i'm almost wondering like do they they're i wonder if they're just trying to take all that and be like oh yeah this is why all that happened you know what i mean kind of kind of like mm, like like pirates of the like, caribbean like yeah. what you would you'd hop on the ride but now they they have johnny depp and there's like yeah. a whole backstory to oh that's why that all happens in the ride you know what I mean yeah but you heard of me yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah 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 so I, I don't know I'm I'm um I'm curious I'm a little bit scared but I'm curious nonetheless I will probably watch it just for the wow factor um let me see when does it say it's coming out it's coming out this year but it says um I don't think that they have an actual date so. I don't know. It's it, it's going to be a made for TV movie. So that also throws a a nice little <laughs> fu to the fans in some way. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. Um. All right. And oh, and, and speaking of Doctor Who, is Doctor Who that big of a thing in the UK for you guys as it is for like me here in the United States? Well, to quote the Doctor, oh yes, oh yes, <laughs> oh yes, yes, it is. It is big, big business in the UK. Oh, okay. I, admittedly, I think I think they kind of didn't expect the massive amount of fans to come out of the U.S., and that's why you know in the fifth fifth sixth season, 
they uh, kind of geared it a little bit more to the US audiences. But no, it's it's huge. And Doctor Who has always been a huge thing in the UK. Oh yeah, um, because because so many people grew up with it. I mean, it started in 1964, so mm-hmm. all of the you know adults and the previous generation they have very vivid memories of watching Doctor Who growing up. Yeah. Uh, Did you watch a lot of it? I've watched I've watched everything from the new uh, since 2005 and cool. some of the old stuff. Um, but the old stuff is tough to get through, man. Is, there's, it, man? there's a lot of it, right and it, it was a very different time in television. Particularly, yes. like you need to understand the context of UK TV. Um, it, it takes some dedication. Yes, yeah, I, I would I would agree with you there. I mean, it, the production quality is definitely like like they were like here's five dollars, do what you can. <laughs> you know, but, I mean, uh, ingenuity is. Uh, you know, born by necessity, right? So, totally, totally. Wow, that's, that's a great one. But uh, <laughs> that, was, that was beautiful. It was almost like poetic. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, when you when you end up not being able to have a budget to build a spaceship, you just stick it in the blue box, and you you know, <laughs> magic is made. That's so true. That's so true. All right, I, okay. I always like to get uh, folks from the UK. I love to get their insight on Doctor Who because, like, for me and and Jojo would agree for him too. Like, it's it's great. It's just great. Great it's TV. a lot of fun, definitely. Yeah. And I'm glad because of that, the production value for like Sherlock, you know, was increased substantially, <laughs> you know, and they did a good job of that as well. That's a show yeah. I actually have never seen. Ooh, oh, you fantastic. are missing. Oh. Yeah, it's so good. Oh. And don't rush it. Don't binge watch it. Enjoy each show or each. Well, it's a show, but each one's like a movie on its own. Yeah. yeah. I guess each episode is kind of its own thing, right? Well, the right. hour and a half episodes. So yeah. yeah. It's meaty, it's, but it's, it's so worth it. It's so great. And speaking of other BBC shows, is, is Peaky Blinders that good? Couldn't tell you. You guys haven't seen it yet? No. I haven't Sorry. seen it at all, no. All right. I, I've, ha- I've had a couple of folks tell me it's been like one of the best things ever come out of TV. I've had a other, couple other folks be like, yeah, it's all right. You know, like it's not... Uh, so I, I'm actually really curious. If you're listening here and you think that Peaky Blinders is something I need to watch, definitely let me know. I'm, I'm curious about that one. Um, geek30podcast at gmail.com um, let's move on to the next thing this is actually something I, I'm really excited about because I'm kind of a Pokemon nerd um, they announced Pokemon Sun and Moon coming out holiday 2016 this is going to be on the 3DS and uh, there's speculation this is going to be the last of the Pokemon games for this specific console before they come out with their whatever their new um, handheld console would be so the Pokemon company had an article, and I'm going to post all this stuff in the show notes like normal. It says, as we celebrate 20 years, by the way, like 20 years? <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Holy shit. Anyway, as we celebrate 20 years since the launch of Pokemon Red and Gre- uh, Pokemon Green in Japan, the next era of Pokemon games is being announced. Pokemon Sun and Pokemon Moon are coming out for systems in the Nintendo 3DS family in holiday 2016 with a new world, new Pokemon and new adventures to discover. Watch the first te- uh, teaser for Pokemon Sun and Moon at the top of this page. And uh, again, I'm going to post this link. You'll see the, the movie there. It's actually, it's pretty cool. It's, it, they kind of give um, homage to, uh, homage, 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 to the, uh, to the original uh, Pokemon games. And it's, it's, uh, it gives you all the nostalgic feels. I feel like that's uh, all we're talking about today is nostalgia, but I love nostalgia. So um, were you guys big Pokemon players? I was not. No? What about you, Ori? Did you ever get into that? 
Um, for a little while, I had Pokemon Blue. God, twenty years ago, and <laughs> um, I had Pokemon Blue, and I played the crap out of that. Um, I was like, that was at the time you were like linking, linking your Game Boys and trading that way. Oh and that heck was, yeah, that was a lot of fun, and that was um, you know pretty big thing in my school. But um, then I kind of dropped off for a while because I was like one hundred and fifty. 150. That's how many Pokemon there are. I don't know <laughs> right. what these 250 are. I don't even know how many there are by now. It's I don't like either. Thousands. Man. I don't either. But I did pick up um, either X or Y. I think it was Y um, a few months ago and really enjoyed it. It was, it was great. And I like that they don't stray too far away from the formula. You're still, you know, a kid and you're catching and you've got your balls and you've got, you know, it's like this this lovely traditional uh JRPG style thing that um it's it's reliable and I'm really interested to see what happens. Not with this one, even though I'm sure Sun and Moon are going to be very enjoyable, very sort of formulaic games. Um the next generation of whatever if if they genuinely start innovating this series, that's going to be interesting. Oh, totally. I've I've always just loved, like you said, it, there's something nostalgic when you when even when you go and play some of the newer stuff. I didn't play um, X and Y, um, but I played a, it was like a couple generations before that for for the DS. It, it, this was like prior to 2DS or 3DS or anything like that. And um, I loved it. I mean, it was great. I was encountering these Pokemon I've never even freaking heard of, mm-hmm. but I I played the shit out of. Uh, I, I was a red. I was a Pokemon red guy. Mm. And uh, and then I also had Pokemon yellow because Pikachu, you know. Um, <laughs> Naturally. Yeah, but but like you said, it, even though it's formulaic, I, I've and I was talking to people about this um, actually within the past couple of weeks, there's something really relaxing and enjoyable about sitting down and playing a JRPG. Oh, I, yeah, I love JRPGs. Yeah, they're just, it, it's... It's kind of approaching a game in a different way. It's not so twitchy, and it's not so like you know you don't have to go um, micromanaging every little detail. And yeah, it's and, and you know even like with action games, like I like Assassin's Creed for what it is, kind of as an action game and a stealth game. But if I just want to like sit down and kind of get a little buzz on with a with a ninety minute IPA from Dogfish Head <laughs> and uh, just play like a JRPG, I can just kind of chill and relax and do that. So yeah, that, that's that. That's why I love stuff like this and and uh, the Final Fantasy X remake. I've been playing that on the PlayStation Four, so I love that sort of stuff. I don't know about you guys. Well, I, I know the that they, uh, they they brought over the uh, the Pokemon a couple times to the systems. Uh, well, first off, they had Super Game Boy, so you could play your Game Boy games on Super Nintendo. But they actually had a crossover on N sixty four where you can. Uh, was it uh, Stadium? I think. Yeah, oh, yeah. Stadium. I, I had Stadium. That. I had yeah, that so too. You can actually bring your uh, Pokemon to the big screen and, oh, and fight I them out. About and, that. Yeah, uh, so I thought that was brilliant. So you were talking about innovations. Um, if they're already talking about this being the last season of the series for this uh, platform, I'm wondering what they're planning to do next, you know, which oh, that's yeah. ex- exciting to me as well. Does anyone remember Pokemon Snap? Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> was oh, that the one with the man. microphone or no? That's the one with the camera where you're going around uh, taking pictures of all the Pokemon, but you'd have to take a picture of some of, like, like you'd have these split section sec. The split second opportunities to like capture Mew or like like capture a picture of Mew, not capture him, but but take a picture of him. And uh, it, it was kind of a puzzle slash 
I don't know, simulation game? I don't know. I haven't seen anything like it since then, and I really yeah. enjoyed that game. As lame as it sounds, it was so much fun. It really and, you was. Know, you played these levels over and over and over again and try to get the perfect shot and and just like notice these little Easter eggs that they would stick in there. I was like, oh, oh wow, right. I never noticed that after I've played this 30 times and I never noticed that there was, you know, a little togepi hiding behind the bushes. <laughs> Yeah, um, so <laughs> I thought it was a great game. But like, <laughs> whenever they change the formula, they usually do it right. Oh, and I, per- I personally am really looking forward to Pokemon Go as well. Oh yeah, so let's talk about that because that that's interesting. So it's it's basically you catch Pokemon with your phone. Is is that kind of the the gist of it? Didn't they have something similar to that where they had a a, a fitness tracker, not a fitness like a like a pedometer that wherever you walked it would count and that would uh, help you catch Pokemon as well. Yeah, that was like the Pikachu thing where you had like a little pocket Pikachu. And like right. you could yeah, and all you would do is like like you would feed your Pikachu and it was like a Tamagotchi. Remember Tamagotchis? <laughs> you guys remember that? Like so so it was like your own Tamagotchi, but it was Pikachu. And I think there was some kind of integration with Pokemon Yellow, but I I don't remember. But Pokemon Go, so it's it's an upcoming augmented reality game for mobile phones, um, developed by Niantic uh Inc. scheduled for release on iOS and Android in twenty sixteen. Um yeah, so this is this is something that's actually kind of been a buzz. It's like you point your phone around and you're like, "Holy shit, there's like a freaking Pikachu over there. Or there's a Charizard. I'm going to capture it." And you basically like there could be like a, a a Squirtle outside your house and you had no idea until you bring your phone out and whip it out and boom, here's a camera and there it is. So <laughs> The, the, the cool thing, what I'm what I'm really looking forward to about this is they they have the watch that they're going to release along with it. It's like this little thing that you wear on your on your wrist, and that means that whenever you come up against anybody else, when you meet somebody who has that thing on their wrist, you push the button and you battle the person in real time with the Pokemon you have caught. It basically turns the world into actual Pokemon. It's no it way. just seems so cool. I never heard about that that watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just push the button and it links your two like it trades the information from your cell phone and and their cell phone and you've got your um and you and you've got your your team lined up and it depends on how much you've actually trained and all of that stuff. It's basically putting you in the game in the real world and oh. I, I'm just really excited of the fact that they've um, somebody has finally properly integrated all. I hope properly. We'll see integrated all of the different kinds of technology that we've had developing over the last few years um, into this cohesive whole that has the potential to be so much fun. Oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy all these things. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy this watch, and then <laughs> and Deanna's gonna get, Deanna. I gotta catch them all though. It's, I have to. She's, she's gonna she's be gonna, o- she's gonna be okay with me spending all that money. I'm sure. Well, she's gonna buy her own watch, so you'll be battling against her. Oh, all the time. We, we'll be battling together then. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll be okay. All right. She, she's and looks okay like I'm about to buy a, a watch too, so I can go over there and <laughs> start picking fights. Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, we should all we should all Pokemon battle. <laughs> awesome. I'm all about this. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm of the retro thing. You yeah. know, you heard about the uh, the 3ds they're coming out with. I think it's only in Japan, but it's actually themed like the uh, Super Famicom. Oh, tell me about this. I don't know anything about so, this. So um, it looks so. We got the Super Nintendo in the U.S., but in Europe and in uh, Japan, they got the Super Famicom, which is a slightly different uh, design. It's the same system, platform, and everything, but the design is completely different. So they're coming out with a, a 3DS system, the newer one, the the faster, better processor, um, whatever, limited edition in April. That looks it's it's designed exactly like a Super Famicom. The buttons are like the yellow, red, green, and blue, and everything like that. There's uh, pictures online. Let me see if I can pull something up for you. Oh, totally, man. I would love to see this. Yeah, put it, put, put, it in, cool. put it in the Skype there. 
<laughs> now that we're now that we're skyping, we can we can share things. We can share all the things. But while he's pulling that up, um, I was I was talking to my buddy. I'm gonna I think I'm gonna buy his his Nintendo uh, 3ds just so I can buy Sun and Moon because I, I don't have any I don't have any good well other than my iPhone 6s Plus I don't have like a mobile gaming device. Ori, do you? A mobile de- gaming device? I mean, I have a 3DS. Do you? Okay, okay. Oh, yeah, no, yeah I that's do. What you, you said that. I knew that. Um, and you've been enjoying it? I have. Um, you think it's worth I, it? I like, yeah, I, I think it's worth it, but because I'm such a retro gamer myself, I like the fact that there are so many ports of older games that you can get from the store. Um, so I missed the Phoenix Wright series, mm. um, you know, Ace Attorney, and you, you sit there and you be a lawyer. Uh, <laughs> this speaks to me because I am a lawyer and um, I like to play games about... <laughs> about being a lawyer. <laughs> about being a lawyer. Um, and those games were, at least the first couple, were only released for, uh, for DS, uh-huh. but they remade them uh, for the 3DS, and that means that even though I don't have a system that can play them anymore, I get to play them. There you go. And there are all of these, you know, re- remastered stuff and things like that. They made uh, Majora's Mask recently in HD, like two years ago, which was a lot of fun. Ooh, and that was uh, cool. I actually played they, a demo of that. They just yeah. dropped uh, Twilight Princess for Wii U. Now you can download Twilight Princess if you want it in HD. Did, well, now, the thing is, I like still... that game. I liked it. Yeah, did you? It was different, I, but I liked it. I loved it. <laughs> Did you, I, I have to go back and play it. When I originally played it for the Wii, um, that was the one on the Wii, right? The, where, yeah. where you turn yep. into a wolf. Yes. So I had trouble getting into it. And I'm just thinking, like, man, I got to just do myself a favor and try it again. And they made See, it all HD, didn't they? Yeah, they made mm-hmm. it all HD. They, they polished some stuff up on that. That That's was good. me with Skyward Sword. Skyward Sword took me a while to get into, but once I got into it, I loved it to death. Yeah, Skyward Sword. Oh, I remember that one. That yeah. was like the one where you would, like, fly around and, like, you would. Yeah, jump, jump off, off the, the cows, oh, clouds yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that one. That was a that was a weird game for me. I thought I thought that because the trend had been set so firmly in Ocarina of Time, where you had all of these different areas and you know eleven or so different temples that you could work through and and all of that stuff. I expected more from Skyward Sword, and I just didn't like it. I didn't yeah. like it as much as oh, really? uh, as as. Um, as Twilight Princess. I thought Twilight Princess was amazing. And I've, I've heard this before. A very good friend of mine, we have regular loud arguments with <laughs> where he insults Twilight Princess, which is honestly one of my favorite games. Um, and he just says, you know, it's impossible to get into. You can't do it. You know, I've, I've tried to drop him into various different parts of the game. He's just like, this makes no sense. None of <laughs> this is a terrible, terrible game. And I couldn't disagree more with him. I think it's a fantastic game. I thought that it was really ambient and the story was great. And there was so much, there was innovation in the gameplay. The fact that you could be a wolf and stuff like that. They, they really put a lot of thought into it. And I thought it was just fantastic. Yeah, the switching Where, with the dimensions in that game, I thought was always really neat. I like, yeah. I like that sort of, it was almost like you're, the world isn't everything of like what it seems. You kind of have to shift your perspective you know, it was kind of that metaphor and like you would shift your perspective and turn into the wolf. And it was like, like looking at a completely different world. Yeah. yeah. I love and it. I know that, I know that people really liked Skyward Sword when, when that, when that game came out, suddenly there was a lot more interest in, in Legend of Zelda, the franchise in general. Like I would go to conventions and suddenly see, you know, twice as many Zelda cosplays as I used to. So Zelda clearly cosplays. it made an impact. Yeah. 
then and as, as it, someone who's played it for such a long time, I wasn't into it at first. It took me a while to get into it, but once, like, easily halfway through the game, it's like, okay, this makes sense, and this is a lot more enjoyable. It wasn't something I liked up front. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. And actually, Jojo just sent this over. This is freaking cool. So yep. what, he, what he was talking about, the Super Famicom-themed Nintendo 3DS, so it looks like an old Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. And and so it, if you need to buy one, here you go. <laughs> No way, man. I, I'm going to put a link uh, of this in the show notes so you guys can see. So I also want to make a mention. I'm re- reading the yeah. article right now with the Pokemon Sun and Pokemon Moon. Um, or you were talking about being able to download older games from like DS, um, like Phoenix Wright and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Let me read an excerpt real quick. Using Pokemon Bank, you'll be able to transfer Pokemon you've caught in Nintendo 3DS virtual console versions of Pokemon Red, Blue, Yellow into your copy of uh, Sun or Moon. That's cool. So you can so yeah. when you're playing these these other games, you can actually transfer over the Pokemon that you've caught there and use if them you already in caught Sun them. and Moon. Yeah, that is the virtual console yeah. versions. It'll see it in your game save and it'll bring it over for you. Oh, so, that is really cool. So when yeah. they say the 3D the 3DS virtual console, because I don't have a 3DS, maybe Ori can can help understand. Is that a like? Is the virtual console is that something on the Wii U or is that something that they have on the it's 3DS? Both. It's both actually. So they consolidated their uh, digital store uh-huh. to be the virtual console because they have um, the virtual consoles are the uh, the games that are made like from Genesis or Super Nintendo or Game Boy that you can play on certain platforms. Um, so when they say virtual console, they're actually playing the original Game Boy game version of it, but it's just a digital copy. Wait, 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 wait. So I can play Pokemon Red because they, they've come out with Pokemon Red and Blue and Yellow for um, for uh, for the 3DS. So I can play that on my Wii U right now. Uh, some of them you can, some of them you cannot. It depends on the game. Why am I doing this podcast? I need to go upstairs right now and <laughs> play some Pokemon. Uh, yeah. You should look into it because some game, some Game Boy games are playable on the Wii U. Oh God, what the frick? <laughs> yeah, so I just uh, I've I've been wasting a lot of hours on. Um, they released the uh, Golden Sun series. Oh yeah, for Wii U. Um, it's not it's not remastered. I really hope they remaster it one day because just amazing games. Um, but for some reason, you know, it was for the Game Boy Advance, so you would expect it to be on uh, on 3DS. They decided not to, um, and they released it onto um, onto the Wii U instead. Uh, but it's still just so much fun. I'm, I'm loving it. Wow. It's cool, the integration, too, because with the Smash Brothers, when I bought the latest one that came out, uh, any of the DLC that comes out, I can buy it for the 3DS version or the Wii U version or both. Yeah. So Man. it's cool that they, they cross platforms like that. Oh my God, there's going to be so much money spent in my house. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. It's actually, okay. The, the, the Super Smash Brothers example is a little tough to swallow in terms of the price tag. Is, oh, like, the, how the, much, the, the how price much? Is, is ridiculous. I'll, I'll be honest with you. How much is it? Well, every time they release a DLC pack, it has like one thing you might want and then a bunch of stuff you just don't. So it sells you like a, a character pack where you uh-huh. get a new fighter. Wow, that's awesome. A new fighter. I would definitely like pay for cloud. a new fighter. And then they try like cloud or like Bayonetta or what you know, um, you know, really cool stuff. Yeah. The, then they the the price is I think for a single character pack like eight dollars. Um, but they try to justify that price tag with a bunch of, um, you know, costume pieces for your me fighters and stickers and stuff that cares about stickers. Nintendo, no one one cares about stickers. They finally, finally released just the fighter pack, which gives you like five new fighters, which is awesome, but also costs 35 99. So, (laughs) 
Yeah, so I you mean, get that, um, and I think for sixty bucks, which again is the price of the game itself, uh, you can buy all the DLC content for both platforms if you want to just get everything in one shot. So I don't think they're going to put out any more DLC after Bayonetta. Hmm. Interesting. Ah, man. Yeah, I, I, I just don't know if that's worth it. I, I don't know. I mean, like that's a, that's a lot of money. Right. I don't know, but I'll probably end up doing it because it's Nintendo, and I love Nintendo. So, you know, <laughs> can't can't help it. It's, but, it's it's easy to forget about it once you start playing. I guess you yeah, you right. have that pang for the first five minutes, and you're like, ah, this is awesome. It's just yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> like wait wait what money what money did I spend? I don't remember. See, I, I like the uh, the Mario Kart version better, where you can pre order both uh, expansions for a cheaper price, and that wasn't it was bad. That wasn't a bad deal. I think it was like twelve bucks or fifteen yeah. bucks. You got you, you got get, maps, right? Yeah, you got two new cups per. Um, Per expansion, it was two expansions, so you got uh, 16 new tracks altogether, plus new characters, I think like six altogether, three per, uh, and a bunch of other like little perks. So it was actually definitely worth it, because you, you expanded the game almost double, yeah. only like 12 bucks. Nah. Well, uh, my problem with that was that in this specific example of Mario Kart for the Wii U, mm-hmm. I found the base game to be pretty lacking. It Did was you? fun, there just wasn't enough of it. Yeah, my my issue with it was the AI. Um, every other version of, of Mario Kart, like on sixty four, if you were good, you could win first place in any cup. And this one, if you're good, it doesn't matter that you're going to screw you over somehow. You know, you it, have to have friends really to play hard. in order to get gold. It's that really, damn lightning really bolt. hard. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right? Mushrooms don't do anything anymore. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Really terrible. Yeah. It's a. I know. I agree with you there. I mean, I I like the Wii U version of Mario Kart. Um, I mean, but I. I don't play it to the extent like some of our friends. <laughs> Ryan, <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> Sorry, I had something stuck in my throat. Um, you know, like and and spent too many hours on it. But um, speaking of too many hours on a on a video game, um, I, I I might end up spending a lot of time in this next topic. You like the segue there? Um, this next topic is about a game called No Man's Sky. Have you guys heard about this game? I have not. I've pulled up the article. <laughs> yeah, this is wild. Um, or have you seen anything about this? I, I really haven't, but I'm looking at some of the screenshots now on the on the website, and it looks. Oh, you know uh, what? I have really seen nice. this. Yeah, this is this game is wild. So if you guys haven't heard about this game, um, No Man's Sky is essentially it's developed um, by sort of a. I'm, I'm trying to remember who it. Hello Games, and uh, they've they've created this universe where. There is an infinite amount of of worlds and planets and galaxies that you can explore. And they said in the lifetime of this game, um, you will uh, you won't see ninety percent of the entire universe that this game encompasses. Wow! Right, it just makes it up on the fly, doesn't it? It builds its own worlds. It is. It's it's like a progressive, uh, like sort of sort of like how Minecraft works, where like if you're if you're running around. And, you know, like, like it's kind of building the world around you as you're kind of like running around. And, um, but what you do is you're essentially an explorer and you're exploring these worlds. You're coming across life forms. And from what I understand, there's a, there's this whole story kind of behind it, but, and it's not multiplayer at all, granted, but there's multiplayer integration. So like if you, let's say that I were to go and explore this, this world, I can go explore that world. I w- I can even name creatures that I come across. I can say that's you know like they say say in the video here. I I, I pulled up a, an article from Nerdist. And I'm going to put this in the show notes. But the, in the video, the guy's like that's a I think he said like that's a big ass cat or something like that. It was like a big <laughs> saber tooth tiger sort of thing. If you were to go to that same world, it could be months years later, 
and you see that cat, it will be named big ass cat. And like, it will show you this was, this was discovered by Alex and you know, it has that sort of multiplayer integration, but you will never come across another player in this world. You will only come across NPCs and it's wild, but this Nerdist article kind of shows some of the, the, I think it's, Everything you need to know about No Man's Sky, I think they, they give seven different points. It's a great video, but it, it's, a, it's an interesting evolution because, you know, a lot of the times you play these, you play video games and, you, you know, you, you accomplish an objective, you beat the game, you're done. This is one of those games where, you know, you can kind of make the argument like Skyrim or Fallout, like you'll never beat this game. Isn't that scary? Mm-hmm. Like, does that, does that, does that? Uh, to me it's almost slightly intimidating and I, and it makes me question if i want to get into a game like this because it would consume me do, do you guys have that feeling at all about games like this <laughs> that's i mean you know how me and my commitment issues on video games <laughs> oh that's true judge has commitment issues <laughs> but i mean yeah. i wouldn't know where to start yeah well i think they give you they give you some kind of direction so i think there's some kind of a campaign or something behind it um but it, it's all encompassed around this open-ended universe um, Ori, have you ever been into video games like this? Um, yes, but these kinds of games do scare me because I I'm a completionist. Like I like to finish. Oh, things. good luck. A hundred percent. It 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 means that sandbox games tend to take over my life a little bit. I j- I couldn't I could not get through Mass Effect because there was just too much to do, and oh, I would really? get caught up. Just like I needed to explore every yeah. planet in every system completely. And that just meant that it was a complete time suck. Like I couldn't, I, I just couldn't do it. This started out for me with the Deus Ex series where it's fair, like it is linear, but it's a kind of open world. You can go wherever you want more or less. Um, so you don't need to follow the story. And like in the second level, when you're at the, the FBI headquarters or whatever, and there's like a passage and you walk down the passage and then there's a huge underground uh, research facility with aliens. I'm like, what the hell is happening? And it's like, I can't leave well enough alone. So if you give me an entire universe with, I think the website has 18 followed by 16 other digits of planets. <laughs> um, I don't know yeah. what that number is. It's like 18 to the power of 16 times 10 to the power of 16 planets. Yeah. Um, that's, that is a problem for me. It's gigantic, <laughs> and uh, the the look here, looking at some of these pictures, you're never going to come across. You're, you may see some similarities and some species and stuff that you come across in each of the of the planets that you go to, but like it, it's it's essentially infinite. Like because nobody's going to have the patience to go through every single planet. You know what I mean? Like, and, and plus, I think it's physically impossible with you know lifespans of of human beings. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It, I, it it's it blows my mind, but they well, even if you figured that out and, and figure out how to keep uh, humans alive indefinitely, this game keeps expanding. You know, it doesn't stop. <laughs> so. Right, it, it's almost yeah, yeah, it's almost too much. But I kind of want to get it just to try it. It's coming out on the PlayStation Four, and you can get it. I, I think it's also coming out for PC. Uh, I don't know if it's coming out for Xbox. So JoJo, you and your hatred for for Sony, I don't think you'll ever see this game and. <laughs> I can get it for mm-hmm. PC. Yeah, you can get it for, for your gaming PC. But um, yeah, th- this game has always intrigued me. I remember seeing it out on E3. Let me think. It was like maybe a couple years ago. And people were talking about it. And they showed the demo of this guy kind of walking into a spacecraft, sitting in his spacecraft, leaving the space station, 
flying towards a planet, landing on the planet, and then getting out of the spaceship, going and, and being able to then run around this planet. And it's a planet full of wildlife, dangerous wildlife in some cases. Um, you know, other alien species where, you know, you can stop to a quest or something for them, do some kind of task. I was like, wow, that's kind of, it, it's kind of wild. And it's like, if this is the way games are going, where you can almost create an infinite universe, like, what does that mean for games like MMOs and mm. other socially involved games? If this was multiplayer, it would have me totally sold. That's the one thing. So, I feel like um, this would be a great platform for things like um, the Oculus and uh, the Osaka 3D headphones. Oh, yeah. And I, I think that they were talking about how this was going to be available on VR. That's so, awesome. Uh, that, that's very, really very cool. cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that Nintendo takes inspiration and does something like this for, its next, for the next Metroid. Oh, totally. Oh, my God. Could you imagine a Metroid <laughs> game with VR? <laughs> Sorry, I just had a nerdgasm. Don't mind me. Right. <laughs> hey, go clean yourself up, Jojo. Well, because you were talking about the exploration and everything, and that was what I loved about the the Metroid Prime series, where you could go around and scan everything and learn as much as everything, and you would get oh, like totally. little achievements for being able to, you know, find every little nook and cranny. Like I said, I need to complete things hundred percent. It's an obsession, um, and you got that. And if they were to do uh, a, a, a self generating universe out of that, that would be super cool man that'd be so cool god that was so freaking cool <laughs> Ugh. all right well more money i get to spend i guess by the way with that number of zeros in that number that is 18 quintillion 18 quintillion so yes. 18 quintillion different planets is that what it says yeah 18 well 18 and a half quintillion <laughs> oh okay i'm sorry let me let me give them the the freaking benefit there yeah jeez damn you I had Ugh. actually Googles like I, I don't know past trillion what's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. Well, um, let, let's move along. Ori, let's talk a little bit about your project. Let's talk about Project Dragon Fruit, uh, the product that is Dragon Fruit, and uh, and this dating site that you you've been putting together. Um, you know, folks out there, uh, Ori and I touch base because um, somebody on his team listens to the show, and uh, they they recommended that Ori hop on the show to talk a little bit about um, what he does. And I think it's a it, it would be a great value, especially to um, you single folks, single geeks, all the the single geeks stand up. Um, you all know, the single geeks, all yes. the single geeks, right? <laughs> uh, we can turn that into a song. So, <laughs> Ori, talk a little bit about uh, what Dragon Fruit is. Um, so Dragonfruit is a dating site and app uh, coming later this week, actually. You guys are at a really Ooh. good time. Um, yeah, we're going to be uh, available on iPhone and Android uh, extremely soon. And by that, I mean we're waiting for the Apple guys to get back to us with approvals, and then it'll be live. Um, live from New York. And <laughs> the... Um, so it's a it's a dating app that is specifically formulated in every way to 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 work with the the geek experience, the geek lifestyle, the geek whatever. If you're a geek in any way, then this then this is for you. Um, the The reason that we put it together was because. Um, Regular dating sites don't seem to really work that well for people with what I would 
um, you know, alternative interests, you get a lot of, uh, a lot of situations where you're talking to somebody and, uh, they, you know, ask you what you're into and you decide for once because it's the internet to be honest about it. And you say, Oh, you know, I'm really into video games. I'm really into comic books. I love, you know, all, all kinds of geeky stuff. My favorite show is Star Trek. And, a lot of the time on regular dating apps, somebody will just kind of be switched off by that. Not because it's a bad thing, but just because nobody's really honest out there in the world. Right. Right. Um, and everybody's looking for a kind of uh, idealized version of what they think they want. And people fail to realize, I think, that the best, you know, that having something in common is actually kind of valuable when it comes to finding a partner. Oh, totally. Um, it's totally. Uh, so what we do is we've got all of the regular filters and things that uh, are used to in in other dating sites, but behind that we've built this huge database that inter that interacts with our matching algorithm. This is a true matching algorithm that looks at the data that you put in and finds you. Um, and finds you matches based on what you're interested in. So you put in your geekdoms, and we find you not only you know people who are into the same stuff as you. That's that's easy. It's a it, that's a one to one match. But the same kind of stuff as well. It's like um, it's like when you finish watching a show on Netflix, and it says, "Hey, you like this? It has these characteristics. How about this in, uh, as well? You might be interested in that." So if you put in, say, um, an easy example that I like to use is Batman. If you're into Batman, um, obviously they'll find you other people who are also into Batman, but it will look at things a lot deeper as well. It'll first, it'll look at the, the whole Batman series and it'll see if you're into other characters, you know, your favorite characters in various Batman, um, in, in the Batman franchise, but it'll look at any other like DC comics. It'll look at all kinds of stuff like that. But the really cool stuff is when it looks into the qualities of what you have described that you're into. So Batman, it's a awesome. dark, gritty kind of crime fighting thing. It's got complex moral questions. It's got, um, you know, all of this stuff that makes Batman Batman, and it'll find people who are into the same stuff on a qualitative level, um, which is more than I think any other dating site does. Yeah, that's incredible. And, um, and you know, I know you and I talked a little bit about uh, some of the things that make it a little bit different even than, than some of the other um, dating sites out there. Like, I, I think, is it free? It is, yes, it is free. Um, That's pretty I always cool. forget that because for me, it's like the least important part of the pitch. Oh my God. Um, yeah, it, it is free. Um, there are a bunch of niche, niche, uh, dating apps out there and they all cost an arm and a leg. Um, the reason that it is free is because I kind of wanted it that way. I'm, I'm building this. So, so the way we started, um, was like so many things with, board games, alcohol, and romance. <laughs> um, I get together with my friends every Friday, um, right. every Friday evening, and we sit around and we drink, wait for it, Dogfish Head, 90 Minute. IP. Hey. Uh, no, we, we, you know, we, we drink beer and we sit and we play board games and we talk about our lives. And, um, and so a couple of them were single. One of them had been single for a really long time. One of them had recently been out of a, a relationship recently, and he was kind of struggling to deal with that. And um, and so we, we cajoled them for a little while, and eventually they agreed to start online dating. And 
we would get together once a week and talk about, you know, these people that they had been messaging and how to craft the perfect profile and what messages they should send and stuff like that. It was really a team effort and yet very little came of it. And it came to the point where we were like, okay, so how's it going? And they're like, this, this, this doesn't work. This, this does not work for me. Um, so I started putting together Dragonfruit, and my mantra throughout was, I want this to be a program that I would want to use. I'm going to get rid of all of the annoyances that you find in so many different uh, sites and right. across the industry and on the internet in general, and just make it something that I can be proud of because I'm building it for my friends. I'm building it for me. I'm building it for my community because as a geek, I definitely know the... Um, you know, the trials and tribulations uh, that people experience. So the making it free very much speaks to, uh, to that goal. I am trying my very best to have it as, um, as, as close to the ideal as I would have. Oh, totally. Yeah. And you know, it's funny cause I, I was having a conversation with a coworker of mine and, um, and he's been married for at least five, six years now. They just had a kid. They're happily married. But he just brought up the hypothetical with his wife. He was like, would, if we ever had to enter the dating world again, like, h- like how would we deal with that? And they were both like, my God, like the dating world kind of sucks right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, especially with so much social media, you know, so much stuff out there. And like, I, I think about that, like, I, I'm, I'm lucky enough to have married my high school sweetheart. It, it just kind of fell into my lap. It's, it's great. <laughs> uh, no pun intended. Uh, but it's, it's, uh, <laughs> but it, it worked out great for me. But, you know, like to, to have a service like this where, you know, first of all, it's free, but that's huge. But also it matches up on such a granular level of your interests. I think that's really intriguing. And, and I, and I love the idea of your algorithm and, um, I, I think that's, that's great. And I mean, for you, like, it sounds like it's, it's something pure, you know, you're doing it for, for your, for your friends, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Basically. Um, I started going to conventions a couple of years ago and I keep kept meeting these wonderful people, really lovely, outgoing, passionate people, oh, yeah. um, who so many of them had the very same complaint, you know, oh, it's, 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 it's really tough out there for single people. Um, particularly for people in our situation, whatever that horrible stigma may be. And I'm like, well, but this is crazy. You're all here. Yeah. Everybody is awesome and you're not finding each other. How and can geeky that people, be? <laughs> geeky people are the best people in the world. Like, I don't know. I mean, that's coming from me being a geek, obviously geek 30 happy like, bias, but I agree. <laughs> but, but seriously, like you talk about just some of the most accepting, loving people that you'll ever meet. And, um, I, I'm sure that that's the, the type of people that you'll meet, uh, coming into a service like this. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the hope. And what, what I find weird is that, um, the online dating scene has changed a lot since it began. Um, you know, geeks used to, own the internet and now it's very much changed uh, so that the the same people who are good at dating in the more traditional sense are going to be good at dating on online right. because you know with with certain services that I shall not name uh, things get really really superficial and so if you're naturally extremely good looking and great at talking to the opposite sex um, you're going to be great at on, you're, you're going to be great at online dating, and that leaves everybody else 
um, who who doesn't have necessarily the same level or the same comfort with people. It, it's not a bad thing. It just makes right. them far less able to operate in that space, which means that online dating, which was originally made to make things easier, has kind of gone back to exactly what dating always was. So we're yeah. trying to take a new approach. One of the things that I'm really proud of with Dragonfruit with, with Dragon is that the... Um, is the community that we're building right. around it. Um, it's, it's a safe space for everybody to be who they are, to fly their geek flag, if you will. And you know that everybody there has already signed up for a geek dating site. I mean, that stuff is, it tells you something about a person straight away. It means that you don't need to, ha- to be embarrassed about the stuff that you like, because that's a ridiculous proposition in, in any case. But, um, but when you're dating you need to be honest with the person you're talking to and having that comfort in who you are and being honest about the stuff that you're into and knowing that the person on the other end is going to be maybe not into exactly the same stuff, but at least understand the passion of being a geek and being like borderline obsessed with something and wanting to spend your evenings playing board games and drinking beer and talking about the finer details of... uh, how Superman shaves. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that, that, that is actually an interesting question, right? Like, how the, hell, how the hell does that even work? Like, it's like, that Gillette, one. Gillette makes a hell of a razor. That's all it is, I guess. Well, I, I had a friend who uh, suggested that the only way to really do it is go, um, is, is for him to fly out to Jupiter and what, one of the moons is made of, like, not diamond, but a super hard compound and fly at high speed and just rub his chin across the surface of the planet. <laughs> which, which I thought was fascinating. That is, that is, that's really good, actually. That's really good. <laughs> good call. Yeah. No, that, I mean, that's fascinating, man. And, and um, you know, when, when we originally spoke about this project, I, I said it's, it's brilliant. I mean, it's, it's a great idea. Um, you know, you see geek dating sites out there, but I think the way you guys are doing it is different, and it's the right way to do it. That's why we wanted to have you on the show. And, um, you know, I appreciate you taking the time to, to kind of talk about that, and hopefully it serves you guys, the listeners, um, you know, in in finding a good outlet for, you know, finding your, your romantic uh, fling or your, your, your next uh, significant other. I think it's, it's a great thing. I appreciate it. And Jojo, I don't know about you, man, but you got to get on this. But why are you going to single me out like that? Oh, because you're the single guy in the room, right? So I'm just, I'm just saying. I mean, I already have a profile on there. If they want to find oh, there you know, go, then. five-year-old you know, Jojo online, okay. I am online. But Ladies, ladies, <laughs> ladies Jojo's, on, Jojo's on Dragon for you guys. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got to put it with me, so I don't know. <laughs> oh, he, he's worth it, ladies. He's worth it. Um, no, that, that, this is awesome, man. Thanks so much for, for taking the time to chat about it. And, um, you know, I, I guess where can folks learn a little bit more about, about this product and about you and, and some of the stuff you're doing? Uh, well, probably the prime candidate there would be our website, which is dragonfruitapp.com. Um, you can follow us on Twitter for our latest news and stuff like that. That is proj, P-R-O-J, like project dragonfruit. Um, and we're also on Facebook at Project Dragonfruit. Um, we post 
a lot of uh, really interesting blog posts and things like that um, across the various platforms. We're on Instagram, we're on Pinterest, we're on Tumblr, we're, we're basically everywhere. Um, so I highly recommend that people come and follow us to find out all the cool new stuff that we're working on and get the latest news. Um, and an important thing that I would like to um, mention is that because I'm really dedicated to um, to servicing the geek community and to um, making this as good as I can for my friends and for the, for the wider community, the channels of communication to me personally and to the rest of my team are always open. So if you want to tweet at us or leave a note on Facebook or just email, um, you know, contact us through the, the, the website in any way at all, uh, we're very responsive and I want to hear what people have to say about the platform, about ideas that they may have. You know, if you want to see it, tell me, I'll figure out if it's possible and I'll make it happen for you. Um, we're working on making it as good as it possibly can be. And the community at large is a very, very important part of that. So do not hesitate. I'm around. I'm always happy to talk to people. Totally, and, our, and Ori's a, an awesome dude, and you'll, you'll enjoy really working closely with him, um, as we have. And uh, so, so again, guys, check it out, Project Dragonfruit. Ori, thanks so much for being on the show today and uh, and sharing your your passion project here. I think it's wonderful. My absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. Awesome, and Jojo, I think this is a good time to wrap it up. So, where can people reach us? So you can always get us at our email address, and that is geek30podcast at gmail.com. Now, 30 is spelled out. We always mention that because it's not a it's a number, but it's a it's a word on this one. So geek30podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can always call us and leave us a voicemail if you want to at 443-424-3350. You can find us on the internet at geek30.com. I'm sorry, not at geek30. <laughs> Just geek30.com. <laughs> I got too excited about that. I think it I... Is got that in the uh, twitter handle which is also at geek 30 mixed up so geek 30.com for our website where you can get all the uh the greatest information all the latest stuff available to us or stream our uh our show online um or hit us up with a tweet yeah we're we're on itunes stitcher uh tune in satchel really any podcatcher we're on there guys And, and give us a five star rating because like we said at the top of the show this is how folks reach us and how folks find out about us, and we're able to share awesome um, news about uh, stuff like Ori's project here, and uh, and we're able to reach a great geek audience and build a great community. So we thank you guys for uh, listening today. Thank you to Jamie Sweetland for all the awesome editing, the music, etc. And thank you to Dogfishhead for this wonderful beer, which I'm going to polish off at the end of this. And uh, again, thank you to you guys for listening. We'll see you next time. Y'all have a great one. Thank See ya. You.